Welcome to Winning with the Burns, a podcast for highly ambitious people who have a burning desire to learn what it takes to win at a high level. Hey guys, thanks for joining us again today. Um, you know, today Nick and I were talking earlier this week, we were talking about pressure. And, you know, a lot of times when there comes with pressure, especially with the coaching carousel, that's, you know, a lot of people are speculating what's going on here and there. You know, with pressure, there comes a lot of expectations. And so these coaches are feeling the pressure of winning. And, you know, you, you gave me a good quote and you said, pressure is a privilege. Yeah. And, you know, I did not realize, but Billie Jean King, you know, great tennis player, she wrote a book on that one quote. And she kind of elaborated on what pressure really meant. Yeah, because she experienced it. She was, and if you don't know who Billie Jean King is, Google it. You know, she was a one that arguably the the best women's tennis player ever. And every time she went out, there was a high expectation for her to what win. And uh, so that's what she says. It, it it is a privilege because there is expectation. You know, hey, no pri- no no pressure. There's no expectation. You know, she took it a step further and said. Pressure is a privilege only comes to those who earn it. Yeah. And, you know, she earned the right to be on those big stages. You know, she won all those Grand Slam titles, and they were expecting her to win. So her expectations were when she came on to the court, she was the one that was going to win the match. So that came with a lot of pressure. Like, I've got to be prepared. I've got to go out and win this match. So she she kind of she changed women's tennis. Oh, yeah. You know, she changed women's tennis, and, you know, uh, I encourage people to go check her book out, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just like anything. Um, like you said, it, there, was a, there was an expectation. Um, if, if you've never done anything before, there's really not a lot of pressure because there's no eyes watching you with any sort of expectation to do anything. But once you start, you know, sticking your head above the sand in anything that you do, whether it's, you know, athletics, business, um, you know, people start watching and people are watching for what's next, you know, and you, you feel like there's pressure with that. But it goes back to saying pressure truly is a privilege. You know, you talk about people, you know, feeling the pressure, you know, people have never really done anything. They've never experienced that pressure. You know, the, the people that try to play it safe, people that avoid conflict, people that avoid, you know, uh, tough times those people don't know what that pressure feels like. And, you know, and that comes in business. It comes in athletics. It comes with a lot of things. Whenever you start doing great things, and when I say great, you start doing the not the norm, so to speak. You know, anytime you step out and you're not doing the norm, that's when the pressure comes because then all of a sudden the eyes are on you. You know, there's people out there when you go to do something, they show up to either one, to watch you win, or two, they want you to fail. Yeah. Like they're expecting you to fail because, oh, look at him. He thinks he's better because he wants to go uh, live his dream. He wants to go do something like that. So people that go and step out, what happens is they go through a learning experience. You know, I, I think I was reading a quote and it was talking about the climb is so worth the view. You know, talking about people who climb like Mount Everest. Uh, all these summits and all this hiking stuff, they they get up there and they talk about that the view is so much, it is so worth the the pain that they endure to get to that climb. Yeah. You know? You, you, you said something about, you know, people want easy street, people want comfortable. Hell, I do. Who, who, <laughs> yeah, do, who does no it, right? You know? 
But what I have learned, you know, over the last, you know, 19 years in business, that's the only way to have any sort of success is you got to go through shit. You got to go through the struggles. You got to go through the adversity. That That's the only way. So if you have the mindset when something tough comes, the right mindset, and you keep going, you, there's something on the other side of it. There's something good on the other side of adversity. There's something good on the other side of struggle. Uh, that's the only way to grow. You know, Andy Stanley talks about it all the time. He said, if you want to grow personally, do something challenging. You know, comfort, you know, if you do something, if you're comfortable, you're never going to grow. You're, you're going to stay stagnant and, you know, everything's going to be the same. But heck, I, you want things to be easy. I do. You know, you fight for that, but that's not the way it is if you really are trying to do something in life. Think about, though, when you said easy, it's like you're coasting. When you coast in life, when you coast in business, when you coast in your athletic career, whatever that is, when you coast, think about it. There's only one way that you're coasting, and what is that? Downhill. Yeah. You're not growing. You're not going up towards something. So if you're on easy street and you're coasting, you're kind of going through the motions. I'm going to mess this quote up, but Teddy Roosevelt said a great quote. You'll have to go read the whole quote, but uh, I'm going to kind of paraphrase. He said, if we fail, at least we fail while, while daring greatly so that this place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who never know victory and never know defeat. Think about that. There's people out there that don't know what victory feels like. There's people out there that don't know what defeat feels like because they've been in a comfort zone. They haven't stepped out to go in their comfort zone. You know, winners want the ball. Think about that. Like winners want the ball. Think about when we watched, um, what was it, The Last Dance with Michael Jordan? By the way, arguably the best basketball player ever. Though the best, there's no argument. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. To, in in our era, no, because we got in to any, watch. In any era. <laughs> I agree with that. But Michael Jordan wanted the ball. But what people don't realize is there's a lot of times he failed on the last shot. You know, you only see the highlights of when he got the last shot in. You only see the highlights of the greatness that he won. But there's so many times you can go, I think it's in our office. We have one that says, I am great because I missed this many shots. Yeah. I missed this many opportunities. You know, winners want that opportunity to fail because within pressure, within adversity, within obstacles, they know on the other side of it is winning. They know on the other side there's greatness. Winning Yes, maybe he missed the shot, but guess what it proved to him? I need to work on that shot or I need to work better because I'm learning that I missed that shot because I didn't do this or I didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, you, you said a lot of people don't, you know, get a taste of victory because they don't try. They don't, you know, step out of their comfort zone. Victory and, and winning, I mean, it, it's something that you can get addicted to. But also, it can be such a mirage to where, you know, it will, you know, Tim Grover, which is Michael Jordan's trainer, he wrote a book called Winning. He wrote one um, called Relentless, great book. But my favorite book that he wrote is a book called Winning. And he said, winning is like a lover that takes you to paradise and you wake up in the next morning and they're gone. Winning's tough. You get a taste of it, and then she's gone the next day. It's, 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 you have to constantly be chasing it. And that's why the greats understand that. They understand that, you know, 
it's tough. It, it, you know, you to be at the top of your game in anything, man, you're going to go through crap. Well, you, you can't win if you don't play. So if you don't put yourself in the game, if you don't put yourself out there uh, to start a business, you don't put yourself out there to uh, grow in that corporate ladder, you can't win. So you can't complain if you're not winning in life. You can't complain as, oh, well, that person, you know, you can't be envious of other people because you're not willing to play the game. You have to, you have to play if you want to win. Well, what happens is people that decide not to do that and they see somebody else this successful in a, in a certain area, they make excuses for that person. Well, that person got lucky. That person's parents had money. Uh, they hooked up with the right person. There's always an excuse. Um, you know, there's a book that uh, that's called The Secret of the Millionaire Mind. One of my favorite books, by the way. Go grab it. It has nothing to do with money. Like when you when you hear the word the secret of the millionaire mind, you think money it has nothing to do with money. It's all about your mindset. And it, and it talks about individuals that will bash certain things. There's people that will bash our podcast. You know, what are they doing? Who do they think they are? What are they what are they talking about? Right. You know, those are people that are scared. Those are people that are envious because they didn't have the balls to step up and make a decision to do something bet to better themselves, you know? And um, I know that's a tough thing to say, you know, but it, with this podcast is, it, it's, it's raw. We, you know, we're going to tell the truth how we see it. And that's how I see it is there's so many people out there that are just envious of others because they're scared to step out. You have as much talent in you as anybody else. I believe everybody that walks this earth has some form of talent to be successful in something, right? Some have talents that they can be successful in anything, but I do believe a winner is going to win at anything they choose to do because it goes back to that mindset. It goes back to that mindset of I'm not going to fail. You know, we got a guy in our business right now that's struggling, and uh, he sent me a text yesterday morning. He's like, this has to work. This has to work for me and my family. And I said, you're in the best position you could ever be because it has to work. You know, one of our leaders, uh, Barry Clarkson, says nobody's going to do something unless they have to. That's right. Right. Most people aren't going to do something unless they have to. Right. But the greats do things out from having to do it. Right. The ones that are worth millions of dollars do more than somebody um, that's struggling and, and, you know, comfortable because they choose to do more. It's not about the money. It's it's about a mindset of winning. What's that old farmer's uh tale that they talk about a farmer he's uh, sitting on the front porch and he's rocking and a, a friend comes up and he sits beside him and he looks at the dog he's like man that dog's sitting on a nail yeah it, why don't you get that dog up and what's old farmer selling he says when it hurts bad enough he'll get up that's right and, and how many people in life that you see that are in bad situations and they won't make a change because it don't hurt bad enough. They're comfortable with that hurt. They're comfortable with the misery that they're in. Some you they get, you know, there's a familiarity with it. You know, I mean, there, it, it's there's I've seen individuals who come from bad childhoods to where they get into an environment where things are good and they screw it up because it's not familiar. They're like, this is unfamiliar territory. I'm used to drama. I'm used to, you know, 
unfortunate situations happening. Now I'm in a situation where things are, are aren't normal in their mind, right? But things are really good and they screw it up because it's not what they're used to. You get you get comfortable, you get familiar with your environment. And that's why it's so it's always good to change things up. It's always good to talk to different individuals. You can learn from anybody, you know, whether it's a child, you know, whether it's, you know, somebody in their 80s, whether it's somebody our age or somebody in a different arena. That's what I love about our podcast, man. We we do, you know, we'll have somebody that's in sports. We'll have somebody that, you know, the Carvelis brothers that run a pizza uh, a place, places. You know, we'll have, you know, Josh Sales, who's, um, you know, Chick-fil-A. We'll have people in different industries. But again, the mindset of winning is the same in anything that you do. Well, success principles are parallel in yeah. whatever you do. I mean, they are, are parallel in whatever you do. But one common thing with theme with people who win is they grow as individuals. You talk about that individual that comes from a bad home life and things are good. I think what happens is that person stops growing. So they grow themselves as an individual to get in a better situation. Then once they get in that situation, it's like, I'm here. They think they've arrived, so to speak. And it's like, I don't have to grow anymore. And, you know, that's something that you have to wake up with every day and say, can I get better today than I was yesterday? You know, we coached our kids in, in baseball, and it was never about going out and winning a tournament. Don't get me wrong. On Saturday, Sunday, I wanted to win that tournament. Absolutely, yeah. But during the week, it was all about it was progress. It wasn't perfection because I wanted the kids to be better that week than they were the previous week. And, you know, a lot of them now are getting into high school now. And I'm proud to be a part of like my son's life and some other kids' life because they play the game the right way because they were taught, not necessarily from me, but from everybody else. Cause you learn a lot from watching other, <laughs> you go to some games and you watch some other parents and some other teams, the way they act, you learn a lot from how not to do things. You know what I mean? Well, you don't, you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, you see kids that are so talented and, in our eyes, they don't act like they should on a field because no one's ever told them, "Hey, you shouldn't do that." You know, um, we, we just cut, we were just cut from a different mold in in how we um, were raised when it comes to acting yourself on a field. Hey, always cheer for the other, always cheer for your team. You can be loud for your team, that's right, but never do anything demoralizing, um, you know, to the other team. Well, because karma is undefeated. Absolutely, them Twitter fingers. Yeah. They don't play on Friday night. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they don't play on uh, Monday night in, in the region championship game. They don't play, you know, whatever, put it whatever you want to. But when you run your mouth, you do have to go cover the check that you're you're running. So yeah. if you don't do that, and, and, you know, I talked to Jackson, my son, and he talks about, well, this person says this, this person says that. I said, you want to shut them up? You beat them on the field. You beat them on the court. Yeah. That's how you shut people up. You know, and that's how it is in life. When people talk about you, you're never going to stop people talking oh, no, about you. No. But here's the thing: you got to get used to it. That's right. You, you, that that's that's part of the process in anything. You know, the old. I'm 43 years old, and you know, a lot of people say, "Well, you know, I, I don't care what other people think." You do. Everybody cares what other people think about them, but you got to minimize that. You got to minimize it because their opinion of you really doesn't matter as long as you know within yourself that you're doing what's right, that you have character, that you have integrity. If you can look at yourself in the mirror, every that's the that's the most important person 
that you've got to believe in is looking at yourself every day and say, I believe in that person. I, I, I trust that person, right? Yeah, well, because at the end of the day, that's the person, you know, that you have to be held accountable to. Yeah. You know, we watched uh, Creed and Creed 2, and I'm ashamed to say I never watched those movies when they first came out. I guess life happened with the kids. I never went to the movies, but Carolyn and I were watching it, and Rocky is mentoring this young boxer, and he's raw. He, you know, he just just gets after it, and he said he made him get in a mirror. And he said, I want you to look in the mirror there. And he said, that's who you're fighting in the ring. It's not the other guy in the corner. When you are training, when you're preparing for that fight, when you get in the ring, that's the person you are fighting. It doesn't matter who's on the other side of the ring because at the end of the day, it's ownership. You got to take ownership of yourself and you got to be held accountable to yourself. You know, it's the man in the mirror, the old song, right? You you, you literally are... You're competing against yourself every day. And, and the great teams, that do they game plan for, for the team they're playing? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, it's all about they're competing against themselves. You know, the great John Wooden, who is uh, – I think he won 10 national championships in basketball at UCLA. Matter of fact, he didn't do it till later in life. Okay, the guy was – I think he was in his 70s when he won all those championships. But he didn't do it till later in life, which is encouraging – because, you know, you may be 45, 50-something years old, and you have a dream, you know, step out and do it. But he didn't win until later in life, but he truly was all about the basics. I mean, their first practice, he taught them how to tie their shoe. Fun he list. taught 18, 19-year-old kids, first practice, how to tie their shoe. And he says, we never, you know, had a plan for the teams that we played. We always focused on ourselves. We always focused on running our offense. We always focused on running our defense. We competed against ourselves because he said this, if we did what we were supposed to do, the scoreboard would take care of itself. Think about that. That's right. If you're, if you're a school teacher, right, and, you know, your admin is giving you problems, which I think sucks, by the way, because a school is only as good as their leadership. But if you're a school teacher and, you know, you've got admin problems, you got, you know, other teacher problems, at the end of the day, none of that matters. If you can control what you can control, if your focus is on that classroom and I'm going to help one of these kids get better today, my focus is what I can do within this hour with this class before we go to the next class. That's all you can control. You can't control other environments outside of you. Now, you can make decisions when you sign that contract the next year to whether you go back to that school. Yeah. But – at the end of the day, it's all about controlling what you can control every single day. Well, it's all about taking ownership of yourself. And, you know, Coach Pardue said it best uh, the other day about controlling the controllables. Yeah. And, you know, I had a mentor of mine years ago said, if you're not getting the results that you expect, are you clearly communicating your expectation? So if my kids are not acting right, if, you know, in business, if you're not growing in whatever, if you're not getting the results, because you, you get frustrated. You're like, gosh, my kids, they do this. Or, gosh, I can't believe we're not where we need to be or where we want to do. But are you clearly communicating the expectation to get the result you're looking for? It's tough. <laughs> I mean, I, I, we, we, we have kids. I got five, you got four. And it's frustrating to no end, you know, I got one that, you know, does a great job outside of home, 
you know, teachers, we get comments from teachers. We, he does good in sports, like other parents, amazing kid, but then there's little stuff at home, you know, it's, and, and again, it's like, what I feel like I, I'm screaming to the top of my lungs. I'm clearly communicating what's going on, but no, it's, um, it is something that, you know, you can, you can get frustrated with a lot of things, but at the end of the day, you sometimes just you step back and say, you know, it's Thanksgiving, man. We're, we're recording this the day before Thanksgiving. We'll, it's going to go out the week after Thanksgiving, but a lot of times, man, you sometimes just need to be thankful. And that's a fine line too, is you, you there's a, you've got to be grateful. You got to be thankful, but don't let that hold you back. The guy that started um, quest, um, I think his name's Tom, Tom something. But anyways, he started Quest Nutrition. And his wife is an absolute stud as well. And she was kind of, you know, stood back in the back of the room when him, him and his partners were taking Quest to the next level. And um, she started her own deal. And she said that I have to be grateful. I have to be humble. But I don't want that holding me back. Really think about that, man. It's you've got to be grateful. You got to be thankful for your situation, but don't let it hold you back, right? Some people like, you know, we grew up in the South, you know. You ask somebody, how you doing? Better than I deserve, you know, better than I deserve, you know. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. You know, there's so many people that are out there that are like, they're, they're held back from so much more because they think that, you know, where they're at, I, I got all I need. Yeah, you got all you need, but man, you can help somebody. You can help somebody in a different area. You know, you can help somebody with, you know, I, I was I was sitting in a restaurant the other day, man. There was this girl that like, man, her and her, her family, they're renting out a hotel. Like renting out a hotel um, for the last six months. It's like 400 plus dollars a week for this hotel. 1600 a month for one room that they're spending. And they're just caught up in a cycle. I mean, think about what sixteen hundred a month rent could get you around in Lagrange, Georgia. But they're just caught up in a cycle. So I tried to help, and I, and I was sitting there. I was talking to my mom about. it. I was like, "Man, we're blessed. Yeah, we're so blessed." But I was trying to, you know, help her find a place to rent because, I mean, they they could get something so much cheaper than that. But but you do you get caught up in a cycle, and it's like they're comfortable where they they've been in there six plus months. You know, she's got a job, he's got a job, you know, and so. Well, what happens is you get in that cycle and it's like the danger of that comfort zone you're talking about. You know, talk about being thankful. I'm thankful for our mom because she instilled in us, you might act the fool at home, <laughs> but you're not going to act the fool away from here. And, and that goes back to, you know, one of your sons. And I know my kids are very guilty of that. Like at home, I can get frustrated with them acting a fool. But I get reports from anywhere they go, your your child's such a sweetheart. Oh, they yeah. help out. They do this. And I'm like, my child, they don't even pick this up. They don't even do that. So I'm thankful for a mom that and, and a father that instilled that in us is make sure when you conduct yourself in the right manner when you leave this uh, house. Yeah. Yeah. You know, back the whole thing about how we started the podcast, you know, about pressure. Um, pressure is a privilege. You know. Pressure cracks an egg. Pressure forms a diamond. Yep. You know, it's all about how you look at a situation. Um, you know, we've said it before. It didn't happen to me. It happened for me. 
And, um, you know, that, that's, that's, it's truly a mindset. You know, everybody's got different perceptions of how they see a situation. And um, it's about constant growth, about growing yourself personally. I, I shouldn't be thinking the same way six months from now that I'm thinking right now. That's right. You know, a year from now, I should be a different person. You know, we had a great conversation last week with a couple guys, and, you know, the guy said, you know, Nick and JB aren't the same people they were 10 years ago. You know, and that's the goal. You shouldn't be five years from now. You should be a completely different person. Yeah, that you've got traits and, you know, you got certain similarities, but you should be different down the road than you are today. But the the excuses are, well, my environment, I, I wasn't given this opportunity. You know, the, the old cliche about boiling water, the same environment that makes an egg hard makes the potato soft. Yeah. It's the same environment, but that egg chooses from the inside out to get strong versus the potato that crumbles in that environment. Yeah. It, it's, you know, it, it starts with us at home as parents, especially if you got kids. Um, you know, you talk about adversity, talk about obstacles, man, let your kids fail. Yeah. You know, let your kids fail. You know, you'll have a certain kid, in a situation, another kid in the exact same situation, they get home and it's all about what they hear from their parents. If some parents, you know, tell them to suck it up, you know, <laughs> get better. But there's some parents that will do what? Make excuses for them. So if they're taught at an early age that they can go home and hear the excuses, what are they going to do when life hits them? You know, we said this last week on our podcast. I don't know what kind of job we're doing as parents until my kids are 40 years old. Then I'll really know what kind of parenting I did. And it's tough, man. Parent, like, I, I, I got a friend, and he sent me a picture, a video of Andy. He sent me a video of his little boy, you know, saying, Daddy, you know, Dad, 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 Dad. <laughs> and I, look, I was thinking, man, it's like I miss those days. I would be a better father if I could go back. But you can't. You know, um, but it's what you learn and it's, it's really, you know, I hate it for, for kids that parents make excuses for them. It's tough. You know, I got a son that's wrestling now and, um, he's four weeks into wrestling and absolutely loves it. And he had won his, uh, first match in this, in his first tournament, won his first match. And in this next match and what I thought He's facing a dude. I mean, this guy's stacked. I mean, solid as a rock. And it was a tough match. And that other wrestler ended up pinning him, you know, late in the first round. And um, my son looked a little upset afterwards. And I was like, you know, he just he fought a hard match. Well, he came up, and I said, man, that dude was good. My son looked at me and said, it was a girl. Yeah. He said it was a girl. And I just kind of looked down and all I could do was kind of grin without just like dying laughing. Because think about it. I mean, you as a guy, you lose to a girl. It, that shouldn't happen right in your mind. But like learning about the sport, about wrestling, I know nothing about wrestling. I highly respect it. I'm getting even more and more respect for it now. But there's a lot of girls that wrestle that kick guys' butts. There's a lot of great female wrestlers yes. around, around our area. Around here, yeah. So they kicked these guys' butts. Well, he got a chance to wrestle her again. And he almost had her pinned 
in the second round. So he, go, he did one round, two rounds, almost had her pinned in the second round. She was beating him points-wise. At the end of the third round, they were tied. So he had gotten better, right? Because right. he had already prepared. It's like, you know, if I read – by the way, she got second in the state last year in her weight class. Second. Second in the state. Um, she's – I mean, she don't look like a dude, a, a, a girl. You know, if her parents were sitting right here, I'd say the same thing. She looks nothing like a girl. Um, but she's good. She's very good. So she came up to him after the first, uh, after they wrestled, cause it was, it was a tough match for her. And she said, how long have you been wrestling? He said, three weeks. She said, three weeks. She said, I've been wrestling three years. I got second in state last year, you know, but she, they went to sudden death and whoever scores a point first wins. And she, she got a point, but it was, I could have, you know, made excuses for him, you know, but it's, it's him having that mentality. If I don't make excuses for him, you know, he won't make excuses. It's a monkey see, monkey do, right? More is caught than taught. Your kids are listening to everything you say. You know, I scream in my house, you know. My kids will scream, you know, and it, I, I'm not proud of it, but I'll scream, hey, you know, I'll holler at them upstairs. So, like, if I tell the kid, hey, go upstairs and get your brother to come on down, they'll yell. Yeah. You know, they're used to seeing me do that. It's monkey see, monkey do, but – um, you know, back to the whole excuse making deal. It's, you know, it's easy because that's your kid. You love them. You want what's best for them. Um, but it's tough. It's tough not to make excuses, but it's the best thing for them. Don't you think Michael Jordan is very thankful to have a mother not make excuses for him when oh, he got absolutely. cut from the basketball team? <laughs> you know, absolutely. What, what's she telling when when he got cut? You know, not cut. What well, he didn't make varsity. He didn't make the team. Yeah, as a sophomore. You know, she's like, hey, you got to get better. You know, you got to get better. What if she had went to the coach? Michael's good. He should be on varsity. He should have transferred to another school. What if they went to the uh, a school across town, you know? Yeah. In in Laney, uh, North Carolina. No, it's it's about having tough parents. I mean, think about the whole Nike deal. If you watch The Last Dance, Michael Jordan did not want to go to Nike. Think about that. Michael Jordan did not – they invited him up. He did not want to go to, to Nike. His mom and daddy made him, you know, 22-year-old gentleman, 21, 22-year-old gentleman. His mom and daddy made him get on that plane. And the rest is history. He didn't want to do it, but they made him. And, um, I mean, he's I think he, he's worth a billion now, and half of that's from, from Nike. Well, you know, and I hate to say this day and age because then I sound like an old man, even though I'm the youngest brother, you know, Back then, it you were taught to go and face adversity. You know the old the old tale about buffaloes run to the storm. You know you take it a step further though, is cows run from the storm. So what happens most of the time is a storm goes west to east, and if you ever watch cows, they start moving east when a storm comes. So they try to outrun the storm, but we know cows are very slow. So what happens is by trying to outrun the storm, that storm catches them and they endure that storm and endure so much more pain than they ever would have done if number one, number one if ever did if they would have just stood still. But they try to run from the storm. They try to outrun adversity. We got a buffalo who takes off after the storm because they know on the other side of that storm, their sunshine. They know on the other side of the storm, if they can just endure it and get through it, there's greatness. I didn't know that about cows. I always knew if they were laying down, it was going to rain. <laughs> That's all I ever knew about cows. But yeah, you're right. It's it's facing it. Yes. It's it's facing, you know, 
think about anything, you know, a conversation you don't want to have. But when you end up having that conversation, you look back at them like, man, that wasn't bad at all. How, you know, I should have done that a long time ago, you know, or, you know, we, we put things off. I know I do. Nick Burns likes to put things off. But when I face something, um, man, you feel so much better about it. You feel accomplished. And one of my great friends, um, you know, a few weeks ago, I talked to him on a podcast, Josh Sales. It started with a tough conversation. And I look back now at all the different missed opportunities I probably had with people if we could just sit down and have a conversation. Yeah. And so what if they if they put you off? So what if they're not receptive? At least you did your part. At least you tried to have that conversation with them. Yeah. Man, I tell you what, Nick, um, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up. I'm thankful for you as a big brother, you know, uh, growing up. It wasn't easy because I was always in the, the shadow of big brother. Oh, I was an ass. <laughs> I was an absolute ass. I'm glad you admitted that. Yeah. I'm glad you admitted that. Yeah. But hey, I wasn't going to let you win. It made me, <laughs> it made me stronger. It made me be the person I am. Yeah. You know, I was in the shadow. I was always little Nick, Yeah. little Nick, but you know, I'm thankful for family, thankful for the community that we have in LaGrange, you know, so um, we could continue to ramble and just keep talking, but you know, save a lot of it for the next couple of weeks coming up. So, guys, check us out. We're on Spotify. Yeah. We're on YouTube. We're on anywhere you get your podcast. We look forward to seeing you guys next week.